What's up, everyone? Welcome to the third episode of the Super Picnic Club. Hello. Hi. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Al. Oh, I get first this time. Again. Nice. You're here. You're back. Again. Oh, was it last time as well? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah you were Al the first. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, no. Al the first. We're still waiting on Al the second and definitely want Al the third. Yeah. Always. You love, you love a third. Uh, speaking of the third person on the show, Greg. Vroom, vroom, listeners. It's a little <laughs> bit Paldea. <laughs> we're here what what if the greg every episode you gotta give us a better yep. name than super picnic club yeah because the bar is literally on the floor so i just have to hop over it and we're already in golden land <laughs> you failed to hop over it last week what is this <laughs> week? i did not did not fail last week this week is is a specific reference that a very specific segment of the audience will get well what I'm waiting for it. Was what? It, was it I did it. Was it Vroom Vroom? Vroom, listeners? We're oh. a little bit Paldea. That is a very specific reference. Look, I'm going to get a lot of DMs that are going to be like, yes. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I like Vroom Vroom. That's pretty good. Vroom Vroom. <laughs> I'm very into that. Okay. Uh, so today's episode, for spoiler purposes, I mean, you could probably tell by the, the episode <laughs> title, uh, we will be talking about Team Star. Although I am confident I will probably say Team Flare at least three times. Yeah, why do you do that? I think it's because they put such a focus on Mela, and she's fire. I guess. And she's all red. She definitely looks like she could be in Flare. Yeah, she looks like she... I don't think she could afford to be in Flare. Nobody could afford to be in Flare. (laughs) But I think she could be in Flare. That was the whole lesson of that game, is the one percenters would rather destroy the world... That have to figure out how to share the resources. Yeah, capitalism. Capitalism. Except they did a very bad job at trying to explain the story of capitalism. They yeah, had their chance. Well, look, that will be a theme because they're going to continue it here. What? Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I, I kind of oh, okay. figured out last week that uh, Greg and I were going to disagree on the, the storytelling. For spoiler purposes, we will be talking about all of Team Flare till the very end where it says... See, I said it, Team Flare. Uh, all of Team Star. Team Star. To the end where it says um, mission complete or whatever it does. I don't know. I think that's what it does. It'll I say like it does, it says I think, yeah, story. it says Starfall Street. Star, Star Street, Street, Street complete, something complete, Finish. whatever they're called, yeah. complete. It's very obvious. Yeah, it's yeah. very obvious. There's a big very, sign. <laughs> that's a very, big very sign obvious. That fills your screen. Uh, so before we get into that, uh, I think uh, an interesting thing that Greg said after we recorded the episode... I want to bring up those 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 premium people know because Greg Greg talks a lot in our Slack. Uh, Greg said the words, "Scarlet and Violet has convinced me that I don't like open world games." Correct. <laughs> so I think that was maybe my fault that we probably should have talked about the open world games we've experienced because I think there is a distinct. I think people feel one way or another just based on if they had experience with open world games. Um, Same for MOBAs, same for shooters, um, going into something like a Destiny or a Pokemon Unite or a League of Legends or uh, Grand Theft Auto V, right? Like there's tons of games out there and you could be like, well, I've played a game like this, so I am more comfortable like this. Um, So I guess that begs the question, what is your your history with open world games? Uh, This is the... First open world game that I guess I've technically finished. Oh wow! It, it, can, this is a really dumb question. I'm super sorry if it's dumb. Did you play Breath of the Wild? I only say that because no. literally every person I under the sun played Breath of the Wild. I don't. I don't like Zelda that much, so it just never. 
like I mean, eh. she is a woman. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Link is Link is Link is too much of a twink for my taste. Steve, you know there's going to be at least one person yeah. listening who takes that comment seriously. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and bless their hearts. Uh so I uh, I okay, I should say technically World of Warcraft is an open world game. It yeah. is technically open I mean, world. I mean, technically you can go anywhere as soon as you get out of your Technically I've I've finished World of Warcraft up until where I was like, I cannot buy another expansion. Don't lie to us, Greg. No one ever finishes World of Warcraft. Yeah, they do. I mean, you do. You walk away from that game hardcore, and I did. Um, I never finished Shadow of the Colossus. I think I got halfway. I think I got down to Colossus or whatever and was like, peace out. I've never finished whatever Elder Scroll ones I played. I played like three about a third of the way in, and I'm like, I'm bailing. Mm, okay, but I'm out. I can't. I don't like these games, and I just I don't. I tend not to like them, and that somewhat holds true. It somewhat holds true here. I just don't feel what I want from a game is served in an open world setting. Mm. Al, what about your history? I mean, we we know you for sure played Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I I love Breath of the Wild. It was actually amusingly my first Zelda game. Uh, I hadn't played any Zelda games before. I have now gone back and played a bunch of them. Uh, did not enjoy any of the other 3D ones. Enjoyed a lot of the oh 2D boy, ones. Oh, boy. Now the people are going to be upset. Ocarina time, people are I will say one thing. Right. Yeah. Wind Waker Ocarina is my time, people can go game. away. Right. Ocarina time, not fun game. Um, maybe it would have been fun had I played it at the time, but it's oh, yeah, not fun it's hard to, go to go back, back to. And before the Wind Waker lovers come, I haven't tried it yet. Okay? I'm so a Wind I'm Waker lover, back. and I'm coming yet. for you, Al. I like Wind Waker. So I have... I have, I'll play it once they port it to Switch. Um, so, yeah, I played Breath of the Wild and loved it. Um, I've tried a couple of others, so I tried Skyrim and hated it. But it was nothing to do with the open world aspects of it. I just really didn't like the combat and movement in that game. Mm, that's fair. So I think... Um, yeah, that's fair. I really liked... I don't know, would the, the PS4 Spider-Man game count as an open world game? It does, game? it does. Yeah, I actually does. have a list of yeah. the 20 best open world games, and it is on the thumb oh boy. list. That sounds like a fun list. Uh, I really enjoyed that game. So I think I, I, I'm willing to enjoy an open world game if the gameplay itself, in, uh, like I don't think open world is a make or break for me. Like I just, it's it's about the rest of the game. So yeah. in Spider-Man and Breath of the Wild, the combat and the, the, the actual game loop, I really enjoyed obviously the swinging in Spider-Man. In, in Skyrim, hated game. everything about it. Yeah, so this is this is off Tom's guide. I, I mean, I, I there's a bunch like who's game, Tom? You know, who's Tom? I yeah, know. Tom. You know Tom? Yeah, Tom, Tom has a lot back. of guides, and nobody talks about who <laughs> Tom is. Uh, this is just 20 best open world games. This was published published in August. Uh, I I pulled up like three of these. Almost all the games are pretty similar. Tom's Tom's guides just had less ads on their website. Uh, they got the Assassin's Creed series specifically. They're mentioning. Oh, I played one of those. I Black didn't Flag. That either. Uh, Bat- Batman Arkham City, Death Stranding, Dragon Age, they're specifically mentioning Inquisition, Elden Ring. Oh, I played that one. Uh, the Elder Scrolls, they're mentioning Skyrim. Uh, Fallout series, they're mentioning Fallout 4. Obviously, Fallout 3 would Pride one of them. qualify. Far Cry, they're mentioning Far Cry 6. Although, I think the first two Far Cries were not open world. I think they changed in 3. Uh, <laughs> For- Forza Horizon 5, technically that is an open world game with your cars. Uh, Ghost of uh, Sh- Tsushima. Oh, Gra- I saw that one. Grand Theft Auto. Um, I think technically 3 is when it became open world, but they're mentioning Grand Theft Auto 5. Horizon, Forbidden West, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 
Mad Max, Marvel Spider-Man, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Red Dead Redemption 2, Saints Row 4, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and the Yakuza series. They're mentioning Yakuza 0. A game that I'm thinking of that I, I, I've played not on the list is the Infamous series. Um, which is what an, was Infamous? I think here's the, the Infamous the was made by the people who made like, Sly Cooper. It was either you could be a good superhero or a bad superhero. Oh, I played halfway through that and I quit that one too. Oh, I liked Infamous. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the interesting thing about the term open world because it's not a genre. It's like it's just one aspect of a game. Yeah, like those games are so different. Yeah. We've got a, a racing game, a shooter. Uh, a bunch of, um, uh, I guess, action adventure and mm-hmm. exploration type games. Like, they're all so different. So, like, yeah, I think my, my point is just like, yeah, I I don't think I hate or love open world as a concept. It's just part of a game. Yeah, I, there's there's an open world game not mentioned, which was Final Fantasy uh, 15, um, which I, I, I adore that game. Uh, that game has really bad storytelling. You have to literally watch a, a ninety-minute movie to like get the first part of that story before you start the game. But like, there's still sounds awesome. Yeah, there's still parts of that game I really, really like. But that game is open world, and I almost fell off it. I almost, you know, you know, was like, I'm not going to come back to this because I was trying to explore the open worldness of that game, and then quickly realized after three hours that there was nothing to explore. Um, like, I a uh, thing that I remember is going out and like walking an hour in a direction and then finding this amulet and fighting this big creature and then walking an hour back because there was like no fast travel unlocked when i got back i was like cool at least i got this really cool amulet like great great i can equip this on noctis or whoever and then i got to the store and then i checked and it was just being sold in the store for the same like for like really (laughs) cheap and i was like what is the point of me exploring to get something if i could have just bought it um and so when i ended up playing that game linear of just like from mission to mission to mission i really enjoyed that game so the open world was a very weak part of that game so yeah i was just curious what your guys's history of open uh, world was because I, mean, I think you know what i was referring to last week with a map in in a lot of open world games you just go to the map so often of like where where, where can i go next uh what can i do next and so for me, that like looking at the map and being like, oh, this person is supposed to be hard. This person is supposed to be easy. That that came natural to me. I even had a situation where somebody in my Twitch chat was like, I, I don't understand how the marker works. Like I've never played an open world game. And I was like, oh, as long as the little flag is n- on the top of your mini map, go that way. Just make sure the top of the flag is always up and you will make it to your. And they were like, oh, my gosh, like. I've never played an open world game. Like as soon yeah. as you said that, like now I know exactly how to get to the the marker. Which is, I mean, some people listening to me like, well, duh. But just like Pokemon Unite was somebody's first MOBA, uh, this is a lot of people's first open world game. And to you know, s- some of those people got that experience in Zelda. But if you didn't play Zelda, you this yeah, this might be your first. I think Zel- Zelda. Zelda did it in a in a, a slightly well, you can say better or what better for new people way, in that it wasn't just a marker on your map. I think it also showed you like a glowing kind of column in the air. Um, so like it was, I think Zelda was my first. Oh um, yeah, it did. World game. So if you were if you'd marked on the map, you could just like spin around and look and see. Oh, it's over there, and you didn't have to use the map for that, mm-hmm. which was really nice. I'm not saying necessarily they should do that. I think it's something that they presumably discussed and thought about. Well, I don't think they could do it because the draw distance in the game is so bad. (laughs) Fair. 
fair. But like, yeah, I'm not willing to say. Maybe that it's that there, Al. The Maybe right it's actually there. You, you just can't, can't see it. <laughs> You're never able to see it. Yeah. Um, but that's that. That's an example of like you know, it was my first open world game, but I, I got that nice and easily because obviously you you can see that physically. That's not something you need to learn. It's just there, visible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I learned from Warcraft, like the first test of Warcraft, you could say, I take this quest. It never gave you a marker. You had to add on an additional add on into World of Warcraft to actually show a marker so you knew how to get there. Otherwise, it was like, sorry, kid, you're on your own. And so I think my first experiences really were just like, the maps are useless. Just figure it out because they're not going to help you. And I'd, I mean, I broke that a lot because I would put markers on the map, uh, but. I would just pop on and click it and go because the map itself isn't necessarily to scale. And then my first half an hour of finally figuring out that the big map also would spin before I figured out how to lock it. I was like, this thing is useless. Yeah. It, it never aligns. It never shows. It's just, I'm just going to go and on the mini maps going to show me where my marker is. And that's, that is the only thing I need because everything else doesn't work right. I'm pretty sure I felt that way in Final Fantasy XIV. I think I always had some sort of guide up next to me because I was like, none of this is super clear on this map. Um, and I'm sure it's better now. Um, oh, it's I'm, way better I'm now. Sure, I'm it sure. It wasn't at the beginning. <laughs> I'm sure. But I, that also, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV brought into stark comparison what I prefer in my games is I prefer open area like Arceus where they can develop a story and a very specific story for that area and highly develop it and highly think about that area without bleed over. And it's a very clear delineator. Like, I don't care that when I'm walking across a bridge, it goes black and then loads up a new area. Like, that's preferable because I'm going to a new story beat. Whereas with open world, it's like the story beats could happen at any time. And mm. I feel I feel in general with this game, and a lot of times I've played open world, that the story is underdeveloped because it could happen at any time. Yeah. I think that was definitely considered by a lot of people the 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 one weakest bit of Breath of the Wild, for example, was because the storyline had to happen in in any order. In fact, you could you could literally go to the end boss. So yeah, it had to you know that had to make sense without doing the rest of it. Um, and that's a really difficult problem to solve. Um, I'm sure it could be solved, but yeah, that would require a lot that. of work. Yeah, I think. Um, but that I do think that sorry. Oh no, I didn't want to. Inter- I, I was just going to say I do think that they did think about that in um yeah. scarlet and violet because uh you will get different cutscenes. scene they, the cutscene starts before the team star interaction yeah you know if you ended up going to mela first you would get the first cutscene to start that story but if you ended up going to mela third you would get whatever the third supposed cutscene was yeah i mean i i know they thought about it because you get them in order i'm just saying because it could happen in any order, they had to keep it pretty, pretty light. Like it's the story plot lines are pretty light on, on a lot of the things that they cover. Like because they could happen any time, they could happen in any order. They kind of feel a little more generic to me than like here is a very deep lore about this very specific region because we know you're here at this exact time at, at this exact time in the story, and we can explore that deeper. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not sure whether that's because it's an open world game, though. Like, I think that's because it's Pokemon, and primarily, like, obviously, I think you know, primarily, Pokemon games are meant for all ages, and so you're never going to get really 
I, I mean, I would argue we're obviously not going to talk about the the last bit of story, but like I think there's a lot in this overall story that is something I wouldn't have expected in a Pokemon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I'm not saying it's the most deep and interesting story I've ever done, but I think it's m- more. It's it has more depth than most Pokemon. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with Al on that point. Um, but to focus on the Team Star stuff, uh. <laughs> Did we go in, you know, quote unquote order or who was your guys's first team star and who was your last? My, my, first... my first was. Go ahead. My first was Mela because I did that kind of in the I went over to do the first Titan and thought I was was doing the first uh, team star as well. Quite struggled, but managed to get there. And then I did the rest of them in order. So I did like two, one, three, five, four, five. Oh, OK. My first was. The DJ, whatever his name is, because yes, I was I, trying to get to the water gym, and they were in the way. So that was my first. And then I did Mela. And then, it then I did... Atticus? Is that the poison? Yeah. And then... Or, yeah, then I did the poison. Ortega, and then Eerie are the last two. Then I did, then I did Ortega, Chips, and then I did Ireland. Yeah, so I I missed uh I don't know how to say his name. I'm super sorry. It's a uh, Gaia Como, Gia Gia Como. Um, he's the DJ. Uh, Gio, I think it'll be Gia Gia Como, yeah. And so the the, the order is Gia Como, Mela, Atticus, or Ortiga, and then Eerie. That is the order. Um, and going back to the 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 map conversation we had last week, yeah. if you if you hover above the the icons, it'll it'll say Eerie is it it says like the strongest team star boss um and then uh or ortiga says something like um an extremely powerful team star boss uh and then um i think uh gia como is, is like the 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 least skillful yeah. team star it, it it does it does say that yeah now, they they say that, but they don't exactly give you references <laughs> in comparison to what until you do one. Yeah, you don't have a comparison. Like the hardest means what? The hardest of a bunch of very easy people. The hardest of a bunch of very hard people. I think like, they do give you a comparison. Rough order, but I I would say when I first read it, I was like, okay, in comparison to each other, I'm assuming, but they don't really give that detail I, th- I think they do and the reason that's why i asked the open world question at the beginning is because if if you if you hovered over let's let's say you just started your journey you, you just get you get you get out of the school and you're like i want to do the hardest thing right away which you can do in breath of the wild that is go to the castle and defeat ganon um you if you hover over and it says that oh eerie is the strongest you can go i want to go there when you go there uh, all the pokemon in that area are are 50 and so you 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 know what Eerie is going to be, and I think that was something we didn't talk about last week. Is like you can look at the map and you can go, um, okay, well it says Ortega is a really hard Team Star boss, and go up there, and all the Pokemon in that area are forty eight, uh, forty seven, and you can decide at that point whether you want to be there or not. Like if you go over to the water area, and I think I think um, oh God, I don't remember his name, but he has like two Unibras. If you go, over, oh, the gym leader guy, yeah, yeah, his his the the his Pokemon I believe are twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty, and the Pokemon in that area are about twenty six and twenty seven. So like the Pokemon in the area do signify 
Yeah. What is when, around when there? When you get there, I'm saying that when you first open the map and look at it, and if you're if you're in the opening area that's five, six, and seven, it's not really giving you like for people who who play the game like I don't want to go over level cap. It's like that statement alone doesn't give you an idea of what the levels are until you get there. So it's not like, oh, it's by this gym leader because the, you would assume the gym leader might say what levels they are, but it's not. It's the area, and the area doesn't tell you on the map until you get there. So I, I think one of the things that I saw when I was reading, I'm like, I get that, but I don't know what you are comparing that to. I don't know how these comparisons are being made. Is it gym leader? Is it area? Because it's a very open-ended statement. And that's my only thing about it is it's helpful. It's a guide point. But until you get there, you don't really know what that means. Yeah. And I think that's what I was trying to argue last week is that that's like intentional. Yeah. I, I, like they, I, they yeah, want, they, I mean, the, 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 and I go back to like Bombardier being on one side and Cloth being on the other. Like they... That that's intentional is they want you to walk there and and be like, do I stumble upon this? The the opposite is like Final Fantasy fifteen where it's like, well, go out and explore, and you go out and explore, and you go like, well, I came back with nothing. <laughs> I went, <laughs> where went this nothing is like, if I you if nothing. you go to explore Eerie right away and you get up there and you're like, I I I can't do yeah. this. You know, at least now you at least have a frame of reference of what's there um, versus other things. So I feel like the um, I mean I was. I, I was convinced I wasn't going to start discussing this again in this episode because I'm sure we've discussed it to death and uh, the Slack has torn me to bits over this. But so I think that if you want to encourage that exploration of go to this one on the right and then go to this one on the left and then go to this one on the right, which is clearly what they want you to do. Well, I don't think they want you to do that specifically. I think they just want you to explore. Yeah, well, I mean, but if you, okay, right, fine, sure. Surely then a, a quest log with them in that order would encourage that exploration because you'd go to the first one on the list and that would be on the left. And then you go to the second one on the list and that would be on the right. And like you would, if, if you're, if you're going for that, like, oh, I want to just, I, I want, we want people to kind of just explore the map and, and come across the kind of this, this kind of sweeping area, even if you don't do it exactly, like most people are going to look at a list that are given and go, I'll do them in that order. And that's, you know, some people were using that as an argument to say that's a bad idea. Yes, I agree with that. I dis- I strongly disagree with that because, like, I don't understand the idea of, like, if people are follow, if people will automatically follow a list, surely that means they want the list. And then we're going, well, then we're not going to give people that because we want them to, what, come up with that list themselves? Yes, a million percent. Like, it just, it's... It just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. So I, I think, I think here's a really good example to compare this to. And I think, I think this is relatable to people. In an open world game, in even, even in something in Elden Ring, what they do, because they don't give you a list in Elden Ring either. And that was a huge complaint. Cause like Elden Ring was a lot of people's first open world game too, right? Cause Elden Ring got amazing reviews. It sold really well. People were like, I want to, I want to get into the Dark Souls series. Like, if you were to get into the Dark Souls series, Elden Ring is it, right? Like, Elden Ring is the Breath of the Wild of that genre, um, by far. And so, what Elden Ring does is when you, when you hit one of the save points, it gives you like this little faint arrow in a direction. And that's it. It's either up, left, right, or, or south. And when you start expanding the map, you see the arrows will start to like, 
give you this way to go, but it's not very clear until you open up and explore a lot of the map. And it's not when you do something, it's just when you explore, it gives you a general direction of where to move in, story-wise. Um, and so going back to Pokemon, I think that if you give a list, you you tend to put people in a way uh, where they're like, I'm going to follow the list, I'm not going to explore. And I, I, I will say, I think... If you're lost, I do think still Nurse Joy, I think we're, we're all in agreement, Nurse Joy should tell you who is like the weakest that you made a skip next. Yeah. I think that solves all, almost all of these problems. But so to compare of why a list isn't good, if you were in a Pokemon battle and they told you their movesets, you would battle differently because you would know what they have, right? So like if if I okay. if I approach an impidimp for the first time in Sword and Shield and I didn't know it was very dark and I went to use psychic it wouldn't work but if I knew it was very dark I wouldn't use psychic therefore my experience would be different if okay. I if I knew but is that is that fun though I think the I think a sense of discovery is fun. That's why that's why well, open well, worlds. I mean, so we're we're kind of dancing around the fact that there are four types, generally four types of gamers, and one of them is explorers. And not every type of gamer is explorers. Not every every type of gamer loves the exploration. Not every type of gamer finds like super contentment in exploration. And so I think to Al's point, having an option for people who aren't explorers isn't a bad thing. Like if it's optional, but I, th I think what like Elden Ring, what this does is it, it forces the explorer experience on people who may not be explorer gamers. And I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that everyone should be explorer. I am just saying that once that information is conveyed to you, you cannot you cannot just put it out of your mind. Once you know that a fire-type Pokemon is weak to rock, and you know that as a fire-type Pokemon, you just can't forget that. That is why people who play their second or their third <sighs> Pokemon game, they go like, this is easier. <laughs> well, you've already, learned, you've, ar you've already learned the type chart. If you were battling an Elite Four member, and you knew that they had extreme speed, and you had 10 HP left, you would make a different decision than if you didn't know they had extreme speed. So if there is a list of poke, if there's a list of what you should do, that would influence your decision. And I'm not, to be fair, I'm not saying that that is good or bad. I'm just saying that it is, it would in fact influence it, well, your decision. It, it could how, so, how prevalent it is in the game. Like having an option there that you don't have to look at that is your choice to look. But also, we sort of ignore that for a, a huge part of people, knowing that information enhances their experience, right? Like, there are a number of people in the world that don't enjoy that level of frustration, that find that level of frustration off-putting, which is which is me in a lot of ways. I don't tend to finish open-world games because there's a level of frustration that I'm like, I'm not here to be frustrated. I'm here to just have fun, and this isn't fun for me. So to go back to the move example, why are the moves hidden? Why do you just not know the opponent's moves? 
Well, but it's not the same thing though. This is this is this is this is the thing, right? Like, I don't think that knowing how knowing what a Pokemon does is the same as knowing the list of that, like the the order, the level order of of how difficult these things would be. And obviously, you know, these difficulty is like is not necessarily linear like that anyway, because like. Whoop. I'm sure we'll talk about this. I found the Team Star ones more difficult than the gyms yes. and the yeah. the Titans. Um, so difficulty isn't quite that simple. But having that l- vague order of things that you can do, which if you do them in that order, you're probably going to have the uh, most consistent experience. I don't think is the same as what I, I understand what you're saying. And to uh, and to go back to the the Elden Ring point. So I was one of those people who, like, when I first heard about Dark Souls games, I was like, oh, they sound really not fun, like, not having the <laughs> Yep. I am 100% never going to play those games. But I'm not going to ask those games to do something that, that to encourage me to play them, because I, I just don't care, right? I know that I'm not going to enjoy them. Absolutely. And, and that's fine. I'm glad that those games exist for those people who like them. I don't want Pokemon to become like an Elden Ring. Like, it's not... Like, I don't want us to say no to what I consider quality of life improvements for this idea of exploration that can be, that can still be a thing for people. I think this is the thing. Like, what some people might be thinking, oh, I don't want the list shoved in my face. That's fine. I'm not suggesting that. You know, I'm suggesting an optional list, a list that you can look at if you wish to look at and you can ignore if you want to ignore. Like, there are so many other things. Like, you know, with, it just in games in general that you you don't have to look at them like if you if you take like breath of the wild it had a list of of the quests that if you did them in the order that it was given would generally get you through things in some rough level of difficulty it wasn't obviously exact because it's not the same because they don't have levels they just have you know uh well they have levels within certain well they have hard scales enemy types but that's all yeah but the yeah but that that yeah sure but you it's not the same thing I will not accept that it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, like there there are areas where they you have they have more health, but you can always like if you're good at dodging, you can beat literally any any uh, enemy in Breath of the Wild with the same skill level if you are good at dodging. Yeah, yeah, no one, no one, no one's denying that. Exactly. If we're if we're talking about the average gamer, the average gamer is going to play or explore levels based on how many hearts they have. Like, oh, sure. I'm walking into yeah. this area. And Breath of the Wild gives you that list. Yeah. I don't remember a list in Breath of the Wild, but I'm not saying you're a liar. I just don't remember looking at a list. <laughs> They're 100%. <laughs> I, I remember it because I looked. And, and I think that's my point. Yeah. You don't remember the list because you probably didn't look at it. I remember the list because I used it all the time and I loved it. And I guess this is why I started the conversation off with, like, what open world games did you play? Because a common theme in this is a lot of open world games are explore... And if something is too difficult, go somewhere else. And like, I, I, I just don't remember a specific order in Elden Ring or Grand Theft Auto or Infamous or any of those games that isn't just like, here, here's the next story beat. Do you want to go to it or not? Which I think Infamous had. But there was so much to do otherwise. And I, I don't think that was ever a list. It was just like... It was it was the story pushing you forward, but in this game, there's three different stories, so that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if it's like if if it was one story, if if a list would make sense. 
But in this case of like three stories, I mean, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be one list, right? You can have like, oh, here's like th there are so many ways you can do this, and I'm not going to design this up front, <laughs> right? Because as I said, like, like when I when I thought about it last when I thought about it last week, I came up with the idea of putting it on the map. I now don't think that's the right idea. I think a quest log is the better way because that's more hidden from people who don't want it, but still nice and accessible for people. But you can do certain things, like for example, and I'm not saying this is the good way to do it. I'm just this is the first thing that pops into my mind when you're on the map and on the side it shows you. Uh, Victory Road, Team Star, uh, Path of Legends. If you were to be able to select one of those, it could show you just the list of them, and you click on one, and it highlights on the map. Now that list would would be in order of levels. That doesn't mean you have to go and look at it. And those are three separate lists that you could have. Just an example of how. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's not. It's not necessarily that there's an order to these things because there are three different stories. But you can yeah. absolutely do that in different ways. I would kill. For a list of trainers that I have fought and gotten <laughs> the too. reward for, I would, yep. I would murder a bag of cats. I, I, I to think know we're... in an area, <laughs> one, which area am I in for this person at this stop at this gas station? This weirdo at the gas station says I needed to fight people in an area. I don't know yep. where that area is. Did I go from it? Did I come through it? Am I going to it? Where it, what area are you talking about, my friend? I want your reward, I think. I don't know. I also I don't know where these people are because they won't render on my map until I literally plow into them with my bike. <laughs> I, I think the trainers are the weakest part by far, and I, they do feel like an afterthought. But I, I think that to end this conversation and to talk about Team Star, I think the, the, the again, the problem that I kind of have with the list is now that we've all beaten the game, we know the order. So if we were to play a new game... That has now influenced how we might go forward versus that fresh open world experience, which they were trying to achieve of like, what did you do first? What did you? There's no there's no coincidence that at the end of the game, if you look at your map, it shows you your order. I did Mela first. I did Bombardier second. I did Claw fifth. I did Eerie 17th. You the, the whole point of that order is to screenshot it and to share like, who did you do first and who did you do last? But now that we've all beaten the game and now that people who have listening beaten the game, we will never have that experience again because we know the order. And I think that is why sure, that I would be... doesn't mean we're going to do it in that order. You don't have to do it in that order, right? But you now know it. That's the whole point I was making yeah, with like the but, move stuff. I mean, for people like me, I will have a better time in my second playthrough. Yeah, sure. I decide to play it again. Sure, but again, like this, think, this is why I, I was talking about the extreme speed example. If you had 10 HP and you know that Pokemon has extreme speed, you will make a different decision. If you know now that you know the order of the map, you will now make different decisions. When you didn't know the order, you had a different experience than everyone else. Now you could go out to Serebii or Poke Jungle or Bulbapedia and you could look up the list because that's what you want. But if I already know the information. I can't unsee that information. Yeah, I mean, I agree that you'll make different decisions. I I think, depending on the person, those those decisions will be made more positively or more negatively, depending on what you want from a game. And so I tend to agree with Al's having an option yeah. to look at it. to in, So it would have enhanced my experience and the experience of, another, of other people who are like me. 
or have it more hidden so that you don't ever have to look at it like you had with Breath of the Wild, so it's a better experience for you. I think there's a middle ground there that they didn't do. I think the middle um, ground is a million percent Nurse Joy. I think that should have been the middle oh, ground. I mean, I agree, I agree with Nurse Joy, but I don't think a quest log checking it off, because people make this, those things yeah. outside of the game, and people use them all the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, I don't, I don't think an in-game solution is ever the wrong choice. Keeping people in think, their game is generally the right choice. I think that's my frustration, Greg. Is that for, so? Like, I, I have my own lists that I build up of Pokemon games, and I've done that since. Oh, I think you started doing well, it sorry, in Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon, yeah, Sun, maybe Sun. And, yeah, no, you're right. It was, it was Sun and Moon. I know Al's was better than Al. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I did not make I've I've backported some other ones as well, so I've got some like gen ones. Anyway, not important. Um I, I didn't do one for Legends because Legends had the quest system and that was far superior to anything that I could do. And I didn't feel there was any need for it. And the quest system in Legends is so good and made me so happy. And then we come to this game and it doesn't have one. I know this happens with Pokemon games all the time. We re- we don't get features, and that doesn't mean that, that feature's not coming back. Because sometimes they'll develop they'll develop games in pl- parallel, and something <laughs> yeah. will you know there's there's two games they implemented with in one, with mass blah, blah, blah. release, and this one That's doesn't <laughs> have it. But you know, they'll, maybe they'll come back. Maybe. Oh yeah, I, I know, I know. But like, so I get that it it doesn't mean it's not coming back, but it's just frustrating to go from one game with that great feature, in my opinion, that doesn't happen in this game, and then we have to go back to that idea of well, we need to use external sources to get all that good feature in my opinion yeah and again that's why i brought up that's why we i started the conversation with what open world games have we played and not played i have played so many so a lot of this stuff was was second nature to me and um you two have not played a bunch compared to me compared comparatively yes i mean i've not completed a bunch i've started i've started a a lot of them but like starting quite a few and falling (laughs) off is is probably not a good uh sign of a a game that kept your attention right correct (laughs) Correct. exactly right and uh, obviously that's my point you know obviously i i I stream on twitch so i see i see i I can i can address those issues firsthand right like hey i can't find this location hey how does the map work hey who should i do next kind of thing but i that's i I think we had the same exact conversation last week and we ultimately had the same conversation this week but i think the difference is that we had to have a frustrating conversation last week to have a more organized and structured conversation this week and i think (laughs) if if i would have asked the question of what is your experience with open world games um, I think the conversation last week would have been as structured as this, as this week because I think that is the same situation you can ask another player, right? It, it, the people agreeing with Al either on YouTube or or Slack are a lot of people who who not everyone. I'm just saying a lot of people who tend to want a more linear, direct, give me a list experience, and the people who have sided with me on YouTube or Slack or Discord or Twitch uh, are are the people that. Probably enjoyed Elden Ring, probably played Breath of the Wild, probably played Witcher 3 at Wild Hunt. I'm, I'm not saying that everyone who agreed with me played Elden Ring, right? I am just saying that, like, if you have a lot of experience with open world games, you're probably leaning towards my side of you. And if you didn't have a lot of experience or you just frankly didn't like I, open I mean, world games. I, w- I would say not experience if you got a lot of enjoyment out of open world games. 
Because there's a lot of people who've ex- who have played up on Wargums and hate them and would disagree with you. I think the I think the key there isn't experience. I think is if you find enjoyment in a lot of open world games, then you're going to like this. I agree. I think experience is I, different than enjoyment because I've experienced a lot of things that I'm like, heck no, never again. <laughs> you know, I've experienced a lot of things in life that doesn't mean I enjoy yeah, them. Yes, I don't enjoy well them, said, Greg. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's also different. Like I'm not. I also not saying that I want a linear game. Like I'm not necessarily saying I want them to go back to linear Pokemon games. I think some people might be saying that. I'm certainly not. I love the fact that you can go through these games in whatever order you want. Like I don't want that being taken away. I think that's great. The fact that someone can go, you know what? I'm going to go crazy and go beat the final gym before I do any of the others. I think that's great that people can do that. Absolutely, I do. Like I don't think, I, I think that is one of the reasons that Breath of the Wild became so big was because of all that flexibility ability to do things and like you'd see this person like doing a speed run of breath of the wild and you're like you're insane obviously you can't quite do the same sort of speed run in pokemon because you can't just go and beat the elite four right you do have to do the chase right, before right that. but i think that i think if that only there was a way to trick her not... during that test though <laughs> <laughs> here's here's what i'm not I want. trying to get rid of that you know there's one thing i wanted them to add is let me put comments on the floor in the map of Pokemon oh World for other people to see. Because I would be running around Paldea just writing smell you later everywhere. The world would be littered with me writing smell you later, Ash. That's all I would say and I'd move on. You know, Dark Soul players are a different breed. Yep. <laughs> sure but I also are. think like the interesting thing about Elden Ring is they did have that system of, of people writing comments like, don't go right, go left. Yeah. In caves, which in I saw you use a lot when you were playing it. So it's like it's a weird system of community based guideposts that you could interact with. And true, some people were like, ha ha, ha I'm gonna lie, but you could tell right, them yeah. pretty easy. And it was interesting because like you you didn't have a guide except you had a guide of other people leaving you comments. Yeah, and everywhere. The, I feel like a thing not talked about is the co op. Um Right. Like if you know in Elden like Elden Ring won from the Joystick Awards best co-op experience. It that's what we just talked about it on the the normal episode, the normal weekly show this week. You know Elden Ring won best co-op. I never zero co-op for me. I never had anyone come into my world. I never went to anyone's world. I played that solo, and I would probably I'm gonna assume that three of us played these games solo, like the the story solo. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. So I, mean, I, I went to another person's world is like, hey, have you been here? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So he jumped in the same world and they walked me there. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, yeah, like that is something, you know, in, in today's conversation and last week's conversation, we didn't even talk about like if somebody was maybe struggling or didn't know where to go. There is that opportunity to be like, let me join your world. I'll walk you to the next place. Although I don't and think you it's. see. Some of the craziest bugs that have ever happened in a game. <laughs> Look uh, at this I do giant take a quick, person. I do want to take a quick break, and then I do want to talk about the story uh, of the the Team Star. I think I think uh, you know open world going forward. I think we talked about that to death now. Um, but uh, yes, I think the Team Star stuff does some really interesting battle mechanics. But we will be right back. Hey, we ended up recording for two hours, and these episodes were only supposed to be 45 minutes. So, we're going to cut here, because I think this is a natural place to start. And then tomorrow's episode, episode four, will be the actual Team Star storyline. But I really like this convo. 
Hopefully you like this com hopefully you liked this conversation as well. I'm sorry there was no like outro because again, we didn't expect the second half to go over an hour when this was already 45 minutes. So I'll give you the Hasta la Vista and we'll see you guys tomorrow. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support our show and what we do here, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. A huge shout out to our producers who support our show, starting with Jessica, K, Matthew, Sean, Stephen, Anthony, Brian, Gray, Josh, Casey, Catherine, Bovine, Nate, Ryan, and Stuart. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Brady and Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting our show. We'll be back next week. If you too would like to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash and we will see you guys next time.